This is UB Football Insider with Lance Leipold. And my bullseye! Now, here is your host, Paul Peck. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the UB Football Insider Show. I'm Voice of the Bulls, Paul Peck, and we're at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's a bye week for the football team coming off the big win over Toledo. Head coach Lance Leipold out recruiting. Players are off, so we're going to use this opportunity to touch on some of the other good stuff going on with some of the other sports at UB, and we'll talk a little football as the show goes on and get you ready for a big one next Tuesday night, the home game for the Bulls against against the Miami Redhawks Tuesday, 8 o'clock kickoff. But we're going to start off here by, again, talking about some of the other sports, and we let things uh, go here with uh, women's soccer head coach Sean Burke, who joins us to talk a little bit about the tail end of your season and Sean moving into the playoffs, which start soon. But before all of that, congratulations on the birth of your first oh, child a week or so ago. Thank uh, you very much. I still can't believe that you figured out a way to have a kid in the middle of the season <laughs> and that your wife signed off on that. But um, good for you and congratulations to you and Tay. No, thank you very much. I was just two weeks old today, uh, so it's been a, a tremendous blessing. Uh, it's been a little different uh, having to miss a few games, and uh, but again, just shows how great a staff I have that you know I can I can step away and you know we still got a split weekend on the road. Um, but yeah, what a blessing, and she's she's so much fun. Well, good for you, and good for you and your wife, and it's uh, you know what a wonderful opportunity to raise another young soccer player <laughs> here in West we New York. We hope so. We hope so. Now, uh, the other thing that you so in addition to dealing with that, you're dealing with losing the key component of any coach's repertoire, which is your voice. So thank you for <laughs> sucking it up here and giving us a couple of minutes. Absolutely, of it. absolutely. Uh, that that's not only you said that you, you chuckled about how you had to tell your assistants to yell stuff during the game the other day. Yeah, it's been you know I think uh, maybe. I Got a little more uh, animated on Thursday's game, uh, which was a tremendous game for the girls. Um, but yeah, I've been struggling in training and even the game on Sunday. Uh, just trying to relay the message uh, across to the team a little bit. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the last couple of games and uh, where your team is at right now. You have one home game left mm-hmm. that will come up this Thursday at UB Stadium, a 3 p.m. start against Akron. Your team is 11-6 and overall, 5-5 five and five in the MAC. Um, you're in a position with that game on Thursday to clinch a uh, spot in the MAC tournament, so it becomes a very big final regular season game, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're looking, I think we can get as high as the, the fifth seed um, but if things don't go our way we could be on the outside looking in um, you know and the, and the standard we've set here expectations is always making the MAC tournament um, and I think since we did it in 2014 you know I don't think a number one seed has ever won the tournament so you get in you always got yourself a chance that's a that's a nice thing to be able to tell your ladies that when you do get into this tournament that that it doesn't matter what seed you are your chances are still there oh absolutely and then and, and I think that our players know as well that you know when they show up and they put the performance and they can play with anybody in this conference it's been a bit of a tale of two seasons for your squad you got off to the great start and Carissa McCatrona was leading the Mac in scoring and then she unfortunately suffers the knee injury you lose her for the season um, kind of talk about how you adjust as a head coach to losing not only your best player but the maybe the best player in the conference and all of a sudden you're in the middle of the season and you have to shift gears yeah and, and and the other thing too that same game we lost probably one of our most versatile players in, in AJ um, so you lose two players that you're easily in your top five um, in one day moving forward and again we had just you know as a group we we're flying high we were number one in the conference for scoring um, you know Christmas best attribute is how much better she makes all the players around her um, so when you take a piece like that that's she, at the end of the day she's irreplaceable um, so we've had to, you know, move some players around, and, and it, we've needed some players to step up. And, and fortunately, we have. 
Um, and now we just got to try to find some consistency here down the stretch, especially for a playoff run. We're talking with Sean Burke. He is the UB women's soccer head coach. This is a special edition of the UB Football Insider that we bring to you from Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria. So you lose her, and now you've really got to turn to what was already a younger group of players. So give everybody an idea of some of the younger players that you're now relying on and how they've responded to an unexpected challenge. Yeah, we're currently starting five freshmen, playing six. Uh, we were playing seven because, you know, the player that came in for Chris, um, fortunately, she's been out with injury as well. Um, we just seem to be having a terrible run of, of luck when it comes to that. Um, but again, with primarily freshmen and sophomore, um, you know, it's, it's a quick learning curve for them. You know, I think we tip, tend to struggle with the second game on the weekend, that quick turnaround. Um, but, you know, you look at what Caitlin Walsh has done from the start of the season. She's stepped up and, um, you know, she's filling some big shoes. Um, and then as of late, Cat uh, Camper, um, again, another freshman who's just really bursting on the scene. Um, but again, we rely heavily on that, what Hannah Callahan's bringing us in that holding midfield spot. Um, you know, they, not only do they play a lot of minutes, but they play vital roles for this team. We talk about it a lot with Lance Leipold and Nate Oates when they're on this show. You know, Lance has got this incredible contributions of freshmen on his football team. We're going to talk a lot about the young freshmen like Jonathan Williams on the men's and then on the women's basketball teams. So, but the, the point being that players seem to be more ready to play as younger players than maybe they ever have in your coaching lifestyle. Um, is that the same with soccer or is there a little more of a of a growth curve that goes along with it no it is i think players are more college ready when you look at their club environment that they're getting trained in um and and, and growing up and they are more ready to play um and and we've seen that with all the kids we're, we're recruiting out of western new york and the club environment that they're coming from um but again i think any coach would tell you this you you want them still to be complimentary players when they come in because there is that learning curve um, and, and just great, you know, maybe that spark for that for that freshman year. And, you know, we've had to have some girls grow up really quick and we needed them to be standout players for us. And, and, and fortunately, some of them have absolutely risen to the occasion. With Sean Burke, he is the UB women's soccer coach as we head towards the regular season finale for Sean's team. It's Thursday afternoon at UB Stadium, a 3 p.m. start against Akron. A win or a tie clinches your spot in the MAC tournament. So give me the scouting report on Akron and, Akron and give me an idea of what you're feeling right now getting ready for a very big game yeah so Akron knows if they win they've, they've got a really good shot at getting in so you've got a team that's that's hungry and willing to fight um, and what Noreen is doing there they don't concede goals I think they've been in six overtime games just in conference um, and unfortunately have been on typically on the, on the losing side they're the only team to beat first place Bowling Green um, they're gonna be ready they're gonna be up for it um, and our girls have to be ready to match and exceed their, their energy level. Yeah, well, all those young players, all those freshmen won't be freshmen anymore <laughs> after that game, right? Absolutely. So, well, sure. good luck on Thursday, and we hope to get a good crowd out there to cheer your team on and continue to see them play upcoming in the MAC tournament. Sean Burke is the newest dad in Western New York and the <laughs> UB women's soccer head coach. Congratulations on both of those things. Thanks, when we come back here on our special edition of the UB Football Insider Show, we'll talk about women's swimming and diving with head coach uh, Andy Basher. That's when we return to Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill. This is the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. Welcome back to Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria as we continue our special edition of the UB Football Insider Show. My name is Paul Peck. Lance Leipold is out recruiting, so we've got some good, capable fill-ins. Sean Burke took care of our first segment, and now we talk a little women's swimming and diving with Andy Basher, the Bulls head coach, as your season is about to get started, Andy. So mm -hmm. uh, give me a sense of uh, what you're thinking about with this team, the makeup, the strengths, the weaknesses, 
weaknesses as you get ready for your first meet, which comes up on Friday on the road at Akron. Yeah, I mean, we're starting out with our biggest, you know, our biggest test of the year right away. And I'm really looking forward to um, the challenge. You know, these girls have you know, been doing a really great job the past uh, six to seven weeks uh, of really putting in, in the work to set themselves up for a really good year. And, um, you know, we just get excited. And, you know, this meet's going to be on ESPN3, which you don't get too many opportunities right. to be on uh, – be on television, so it, it, we're just going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's a 5 o'clock start on Friday on the road, ESPN3, so a good opportunity for you to check out Andy's team and be able to do it from the uh, from your couch at home <laughs> or your cell phone or wherever you are. Um, so you did get a chance to get a feel for your team this past weekend with an exhibition meet mm-hmm. against Cornell, and things went very well, so give everybody a sense of what you learned about your team. Well, I learned that uh, we can get up and race. I mean, they, they were excited, and they, they had great energy uh throughout the meet um you know and and the way the meet was set up is to challenge them at the end um with with a lot of swims and i was really happy with how they were able to finish their their last couple of races um of that meet and you know we had a lot of speed and that's that's one of the things that i I wanted to see and it was it was great to see how much can you learn from an exhibition like that you probably knew from your practices that you had the potential to have a lot of speed but when you see it in the pool in an actual meet does that does that just firm up what you what you already believed yeah i mean that you know you kind of you always have like you know an idea of going in and you always want to have your idea to be confirmed you know you've if you're going in with an idea and you're like, well, I wasn't expecting to see that, and then you're kind of going back and starting it all over again. But um, I knew they were in a good spot. They've just been in a great spot at practice, you know, every day, you know. And um, we've been healthy uh, this year, and it, and it was a long time. Usually we have a meet maybe early October. This time is a little back. So they were ready just to get up and show what, they, what they've been, all the hard work they've been putting in. With Andy Basher, he is the UB women's swimming and diving head coach as they get to set their season off and running uh, on Friday night. Um, some of the standouts from the exhibition against Cornell are going to be some of the standouts that I think you and I are going to talk about a lot during the year. And it's always nice when one of them has a very familiar name to yeah. UB swimming and diving fans, and that would be Katie Burns. Yeah, Katie, I mean, she's she put in a really good summer. And, you know, she's put in a really good you know, couple of weeks here uh, for the beginning of the season. And um, you know, she's, she's, she's just ready to go, you know, and maybe, you know, with uh, her sister Megan, you know, she feels that she's all, you know, ready to come in and and take over some of that, um, you know, that that leadership or you know somebody going up and, and winning races. And so it's great to see. How much uh, do you think she has learned from watching her sister, one of the, one of the you know one of your great swimmers in recent history here? I don't. I mean, I don't know. You'd have to ask her that. I mean, I think it's just not Megan. It's just we just got it. These group of girls. Um, they train together, you know, and really encourage one another, and they just bring it out of each other. Who are some of the other standouts? Um, it, we'll, yeah. we'll start with the swimmers. Who are some of the other names that we're going to notice and that we're going to be able to really see with the potential to to become stars for your team starting on Friday? You know, we had, you know, uh, Nicole uh, Reutenberg uh, had some good backstrokes, um, you know, in there. And then, uh, you know, Brittany Beecher, one of our uh, standout distance swimmers, you know, with her 500. You know, with that time that she went, things faster than what she was this time last year. Um, you know, Olivia Sapio had some some you know good races in there. You know, and I know I'm leaving a bunch out. And you know, the two freshmen, Julia and, and Tony, that was good to see him. But 
our divers. Uh, we had a couple of, um, you know, I think Olivia Gosling, one of our uh, juniors, um, she won uh, one of the boards, one meter. But it was mm -hmm. good to see, like, we had uh, two uh, freshman divers that really, uh, one guy, like, second and one, you know, and on one board, the other got the second on the other board. So it's really good to see them in their first college meet getting up and competing. I asked Sean Burke this question about, you know, freshmen particularly. Is, do you sense a difference as sports as a whole and training as a whole and preparing for, uh, for college has changed maybe as much as ever in the last 10 years? Are your freshmen at a different level than maybe they were five years ago? You know, and you've been coaching a long time. You could take us back even further than that. Yeah, you know, and... And um, each freshman is kind of different in how they adjust. It's it's really how how they come in, how do they adjust to the 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 class load, how they adjust to living on their own, how they adjust to eating. You know, are they eating at the right times? Are they you know? And and the ones who figure it out quicker, you know, can can do really well. Others, it takes them a little bit of time. And you know, in our sport, we have some some girls that come from really big club teams that train nine, ten times a week. And then we got other girls come out of high school that only train like five times a week. And so there's a big adjustment period, you know, for them as well. But uh, we always, you know, expect our freshmen to come in and be able to contribute right away. With Andy Basher, he's the UB Women's Swimming and Diving Head Coach. Their season officially gets started on Friday on the road at Akron, but it's a meet that you can see on ESPN3. As I look over your roster, and you mentioned a couple of names before, um, a lot of your swimmers are New York-based, have mm -hmm. grown up in here, but uh, Brittany Beecher that you mentioned jumps out from Boulder, Colorado, and you've got a couple of, at least one Florida swimmer. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, it always interesting to see how your recruiting evolves to wind up with a swimmer from Colorado on your squad. Yeah, you know, and Brittany, we had we used to have a, a former um, uh, woman on our team from Colorado, Julia Box, uh, and so it's it's relationships, right? That's what gets them started to look here is, is former teammates or teammates on the team that they have that relationship with. Oh, that so-and-so is going to Buffalo. Oh, I'm going to check that out. And so then we start talking to them, develop the relationship with them. And that's how we do it. The like, journey from Florida, she just wants something different, you mm -hmm. know, and we reached out to her and, you know, and it's just, you know, it's kind of through coaches' connections and things like that to where we get it. But I'm proud that we have um, – a lot of kids from New York on our roster that are looking at Buffalo coming in here and making a difference as All well. Right, well, great. Well, good luck to the start of the season. Once again, uh, fans of Andy's team can see the first meet on Friday night on the road at Akron. It will be broadcast on ESPN3 as Andy Basher's women's swimming and diving team hits the pool for the start of another season. Good luck, Andy. Thank you very much, All right, Paul. when we come back, we will talk a little football, even though Coach Leipold is out and busy recruiting. We're still going to touch on what's going on the, this amazing football season and get you ready for a big one next week against Miami. We'll do that and touch on some basketball as well before we're done. It's a special edition of the UB Football Insider Show. We're back from Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill right after this from Learfield. Welcome back to this special edition of the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. We're at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria. My name is Paul Peck. I'm the voice of the Bulls. Coach Leipold out recruiting. Players have a couple of days off as this is technically the bye week with the next Bulls football game not until 
uh, the following a week from Tuesday at home against Miami, an 8 p.m. kickoff at UB Stadium in a battle for first place in the MAC East. It's going to be a big one. But basketball gets started. Men's basketball gets started on Friday. So that gives us an opportunity to check in with Associate Director for Athletic Communications, Brian Wolf, who uh, spearheads covering the basketball team here. So, Wolfie, we'll talk a little basketball with you in a moment, but you are as involved in football as anybody is. And um, I want you to give people what I have tried to do over the last couple of games, a couple of days, is some perspective on what it means to go into the glass bowl in Toledo and walk out of there with a win. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Obviously, it's it's a it's a building that the UB football team has never won in, really hasn't even had a whole lot of success. I mean, Toledo's a tough team, and they're, they're even better in the glass bowl. I mean, they were able to bring in Miami this year. I mean, that that's a hard place to go play, and it's a hard place for any MAC team to go play in. And for UB to go in and do what they did in the second half is really impressive. The first MAC East team to win at Toledo in eight years. That that should tell people that not only has Toledo just been this great program for many years, but but they own their home uh, their home field. And what the Bulls did by being down ten points and battling back, I think, says an awful lot about uh, you know what this football team is made of. I, I was curious what your thoughts were on that as well too. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was just a, a total team effort. I mean, it was great to see Anthony. Johnson back and healthy and making the catches that we all know that that he's able to make you know Tyree had had a tough first half but it's just great to see his maturity to be able to come back and do what he did in the second half and then the Patterson boys they they just kind of kind of took over (laughs) and you know for freshmen and maybe sometimes it's better for for freshmen because they don't know how intimidating the glass ball is and they don't know any different they just know they want to go play football and get a win and then for you know James and Jared to do what they did uh, to really put the game away was 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 so much fun to watch all right well let's shift our gears to basketball now and as I mentioned even though we're in the midst of this amazing historic football season we may be on our way to a historic and amazing basketball season for the men's team that gets started on Friday it's the exhibition opener against the Damon Wildcats on Friday a seven o'clock tip-off at Alumni Arena this is kind of the annual uh, um, cross town Amherst showdown to get the season started and I know Nate likes to do it I know um, you know I know Mike McDonald that Damon loves to test his team Um, it's a pretty good way to kind of get things started Um, and and they're a good team as well too so this is not going to be an easy walkover is it no and 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 coach Olsen and staff they don't want to be a walkover they 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 want to be tested by a team that that's really good and then this Damon team I I believe they're ranked 22nd uh, in the preseason polls and in some of the division two polls and coach McDonald is a great job there and it, it's it's going to be a good test for for this UB team but I mean this is a team that returns a lot of talent from last year's team that, that beat Arizona and played really well against Kentucky for for 32 minutes and you know this if this the season is going to be what everybody thinks it's going to be it's going to start here on Friday with you know, a, a good test against Damon. Brian Wolf is the Associate Director for Athletic Communications here at UB. We are talking men's basketball here on our special edition of the UB Football Insider Show. Well, we've, we I hope some fa- I hope fans had a chance to see the UB Foot Basketball Insider TV show debut on Saturday morning on CW23 because essentially it was the highlight film from last year and it was cool to watch it again and to remember all the amazing moments. Um, and, and not only do I want you to reflect a little bit on what really jumped out at you about last year, but but how just seeing that can roll into what this year is going to be all about. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, just the sheer coverage that, that this team got. I mean, after Arizona, I mean, I think we, we heard it was like 
800 articles written in the, in the first night after you, you beat a team like Arizona. And then just the coverage that the team got while they were in Boise uh, was unbelievable. And it, and it really continued to go after that. I mean, if it wasn't for UMBC de- defeating right. Virginia, I mean, it would have been the biggest upset of, of the NCAA tournament. But it, it's just fun, and it's fun to see people still talk about it, still be excited about it. And then it really rolled right into some preseason expectations. You know, you look at uh, SI.com, ESPN.com, any of those kind of have the Bulls listed right there in that, in that, in that Cinderella, which is, which is going to be the next Loyola of this year. And then really everyone's talking about the UB Bulls. Yeah, it, 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 uh, that was my next question to you, is that if you follow the preseason polls and the prognostication and the magazines and the articles and everything that's written online, um, there isn't a story written that doesn't have Buffalo as a team you should watch or a team that could surprise or a mid-major that could crack the top 25. And, and uh, it takes it takes a lot for the guys who and ladies that write those stories to do that, but this is a legit team that should a couple of those wins against those big programs happen early in the year could you see this being a top 25 team absolutely and I, you know i mean i expect there to be some top 25 votes maybe when the season starts they end, they ended last season with top 25 votes in both the coaches poll and the ap poll so you know hopefully those coaches and, and ap writers realize what's coming back to, to western new york and and give the bulls some votes and if you can get one of those wins against West Virginia or uh, a Syracuse or Marquette, you know, who knows what, what you'll see from, from, uh, from the ranking standpoint. But, you know, the nice thing is this is a veteran group. These are guys that they don't read too much into that. They, they know what's ahead of them. They know what they are able to do last year. They know what they want to go one step further, and, and they're focused on doing it. Is there one of those big marquee non-conference games that intrigues you the most or that you think would be the one that will get the most attention should Buffalo go in there and pull off a win? Honestly, I think it starts with West Virginia. I mean, that's the second game of the season for, for Buffalo, but that's the first game of the season for West Virginia. They're not playing a game on the sixth, so they, West Virginia graduated a lot of guys last year. They're going to be a brand new team, and I think if you want to play a team like West Virginia, there's no better time to play them than first game of the season, where they're still trying to work out some kinks of, of their of their young roster. I think uh, I know the answer to this question because we've talked about it a lot. But for the exhibition opener on Friday night at home uh, at UB's Alumni Arena against Damon, what do you want to see the most? What are you the most curious to see finally for the first time in a public showing? Yeah, I mean, I just want to see the guys playing against somebody else you watch mm-hmm. them in practice every day they're going up against each other they're uh, every day in practice but let's see all you know all 15 guys on, on one side playing as a team obviously everyone wants to see the newcomers they want to see Jonathan Williams uh, go up against some somebody else that's not Jeremy Harris or Nick right. Perkins in practice right. uh, but I think it's just going to be fun just to see those guys out there the lights we're gonna ha- we're gonna uh, raise the banner from from last year I think they're giving out uh, replica Mac Mac trophies uh, to the nice. students that come so it's just going to be a fun atmosphere um, Jonathan Williams is the one that I think we're all excited because we've heard so much about him and we want to see what he looks like you've had a chance to see him a little bit in practices give everybody a little quick preview of what they're going to see from number 11 on well, Friday night. First of all, they're going to see a guy who's not built like a freshman. They're going to see a guy who's built like a, a junior already. I mean, if, if you can think about Nick Perkins and, and, and the transformation of his body from his freshman year to his senior year, you know, Jonathan Williams is already kind of two years into that 
that Nick Perkins body type. So you're just going to see a guy that does not look like a freshman. Uh, he's really going to just kind of put his will, and he's, and he's super skilled. He's really skilled around the basket, and he's a better shooter than I think people might, might think. All right, so that will be one of the things to watch for Friday night, a 7 p.m. tip-off at Alumni Arena, exhibition opener against the Damon Wildcats. You can hear it right here on ESPN 1520, and you can see it on ESPN3. We appreciate the time, as always, with Brian Wolf, Associate Director of Athletic Communications. Enjoy this basketball season. I think you're going to have a lot of fun. All right, thanks, Paul. All right, we will talk a little more basketball as this show moves on, women's basketball and a little bit of football as we continue with this special edition of the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. Welcome back to Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway as we continue our special edition of the UB Football Insider Show. We'll talk a little football um, with John Fuller from the Athletic Communications Office in just a moment, but we're going to talk a little women's basketball and even some football here as Louis Spina joins us for the update on what's going on with the women's basketball program. But before we get to that, Louis, want to get your reaction a little bit on uh, what you've seen from this amazing 7-1, 4-0 start for the football season heading into a big home game next Tuesday night against the Miami Redhawks. Uh, what's impressed you the most about not only what the Bulls did in Toledo, but what they've done all year long? You know, a couple of things that kind of impressed me. Obviously, the second half defensive performance was just something that we haven't seen in a long time. That defense played great. Um, you know, I think I saw eight first downs the whole game. That That's pretty impressive for, for a defense to put to, together that kind of showing. And another thing that might get hidden a little bit is the returnability of K.J. Osborne is given the Bulls such good field position of late, and and I don't know where he sits in where, but I, I mean, as a punt returner, he's that been doing question a, for you. Um, he's I'm been doing a pull great job. My notes and, here, uh, and I can tell you as I scan my sheet here that he is 19th in the country and second in the MAC at just under 11 yards of punt and, return. And that just flips the field position for you. You know, a, a player of that caliber, kind of, you know getting you a start at the 45 rather than your own 25. Or the 34, which happened in the game against Toledo, which then led to the Anthony Johnson touchdown, which I thought was the turning point of the game. But that was set up by not only the good punt that put Toledo inside the 10, then the punt back to KJ that he returned 22 yards, I think it was. Yeah, and it's just his ability to, to see the field. I mean, he's not the fastest guy out there. He's not, you know, the most agile. But he makes he makes his space by, you know, he's very good. Uh, you watch him when the punt's coming, he, he's scanning the field and seeing what's coming. Um, so, you know, those plays – special teams make a huge difference in a game. Yeah, I thought, uh, it, not lost necessarily, but as equal a part in what offensively and defensively happened against Toledo was what the special teams did with, and not only can that, controlling some of the best special teams in the MAC, which is what Toledo had, both in blocking kicks and returning them, they, that was never a factor. Alright, let's talk about a little women's basketball, because we're on the brink of the start of the season. The men open on Friday. The women's exhibition opener against Bloomsburg will come up uh, a week from this Thursday, November November 1st at Alumni Arena. So what's the buildup? What's your anticipation level heading into the exhibition game? Um, I think there's a few more things we're curious to see than maybe compared to the men's team. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks. Obviously, you graduate one of the best senior classes in, in program history and, and you know, a lot of seniors that were really heavily involved in the Sweet 16 run from a season ago. Um, but, you know, this is the highest touted recruiting class that Felicia Legat-Jack has had in her tenure at Buffalo. You know, there's seven newcomers, and they're all going to play. Obviously, Coach Jack plays everybody every year, but there's a lot of new faces that are going to see starter minutes this year. And, um, you know, six of the seven are, recruits are six foot or taller. So she went big this year. It's a little bit different than, than years past. You know, it's been a very guard-oriented, you know, Stephanie, Stephanie Reed and, you know, 
the up sisters and you know a lot of those players were guard oriented our offense was guard oriented and I think this year you're going to see a little bit different it might, it might be a little bit more post players and and using height and athleticism and length to uh, you know create defensive uh, uh, problems for people uh, you know you're, you're clearly correct when when you say everybody is going to play and there's a lot of new names that fans are going to have to get used to are there a couple of those newcomers that that have emerged a little bit beyond the others that may be relied on more yeah, I mean, we're going to see all of them, but, you know, there's there's an interesting, you know, competition going on right now between two sisters, Finesse and Ariel Dixon. Um, they're, they're vying for the starting point guard spot left by Stephanie Reed, you know, one of the best point guards ever in the history of the MAC. So, um, you know, they're going to be fighting for that starting spot with Hannah Hall, a sophomore, coming back. Um, you know, another freshman that's making a name for herself so far through practice is Ocean Konku. Um, you know, she could really shoot it. You know, she's a six-foot wing shoots lights out she's very active defensively she's going to make a lot of plays um and and then there's some some big players keola walters is is going to you know be a post presence for the bulls kind of coach jack sees a little bit of herself in her you know not not the tallest but you know she works hard she she takes coaching very well so you know there's those players are going to make a big difference um there's a lot of new faces, and Coach Jack, she, she's not going to give you too much in practice. I, I, I might right. think one person's going to start, and then the game, somebody else is going to start. So you never know. But there's a lot of new faces. A lot of a lot of players are going to make a name for themselves this With year. With Louis Spina from the Athletic Communications Office at UB, we're talking about UB women's basketball, which gets their season started with an exhibition game on Thursday, November 1st, against Bloomsburg Alumni Arena, a 7 p.m. tip-off. Now, we talked with Brian Wolf about some of the preseason expectations and some of the buzz that the men's team has generated has that been to a similar level with the women's team coming off the sweet 16 run are you feeling it in your role of kind of tracking all that stuff and dealing with a lot of the questions is there beyond buffalo a little bit of buzz about what the ue women's team is going to be this year yeah definitely i mean obviously making a sweet 16 run people are going to start noticing your program and you know a lot of people on the outside might look at the team and say well you graduated four starters or three starters and five seniors that that were really impactful but you know people in this program know that that's not you know going to really be that big of a a change because coach jack has the type of recruits and the type of coach she is Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah there's been some buzz but there's also that people still forgetting about this team i feel like you know there hasn't been as much as i thought there might have been i mean you have one of the best players in the country in sierra dillard on your team she's you know, in shape, she's looking unbelievable so far this season, and she's going to have a lot on her on her plate this year. But I think she's ready to to carry that load. And you know, she kind of learned last year from Steph Reed. Um, you know, learning how to play the point guard position. I think that's going to come in crucial this year for her because I think she's going to have to you know pick up some of the slack left by you know the best point guard in school history. Sure. I think she's going to have to pick up some of that slack and do a little bit more than just score. Tickets are available not only for the exhibition game, but for season tickets as well. I know ticket sales have been running well ahead of anything in the past, so the crowds are going to be consistent and great for the UB women's team, and they deserve that, and it'll be fun to see Alumni Arena become a really cool atmosphere for women's basketball. Not that it hasn't already been, but an even better one. And again, it all starts a week from Thursday with the exhibition opener against Bloomsburg at Alumni Arena. Louis, enjoy the start of the season here. Thank you, Paul. Louis Spina from the Athletic Communications 
Jones' office giving us the update on the UB women's basketball team as they get set to start things off. When we come back, we will talk a little football in this special edition of the UB Football Insiders. John Fuller joins us to give you the update on all the details, news, notes, and statistics you need to know about the Bulls as they are off to this amazing 7-1 start. We'll do that when we return to Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill. This is the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. Welcome back to this special edition of the UB Football Insider Show. We're at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria. Head coach Lance Leipold is out recruiting as the Bulls have essentially a bit of a bye week this week without having a game until next Tuesday's home game against Miami, an 8 o'clock start at UB Stadium. So we'll catch up with Lance for uh, next week's show, and he will join us uh, in a week from tonight following Monday to really give you an in-depth preview of the game against the Red Hawks, but capably filling in as Assistant Athletic Director for Communications. John Fuller is here to talk a little bit about the big win over Toledo and get you ready for the game against Miami. And I asked this question to, I think, Brian Wolf earlier in the show, John. Just give people an idea of the significance of going into Toledo and winning. Um, it just doesn't happen very often, and, it, and it, it, in a lot of ways it was a statement win for this program. You know, no question about it. Obviously, it was the Bulls' first ever win at the Glass Bowl, and I didn't even realize until Scott Wilson said at the postgame show that there was only a second win by a MAC East Division opponent in the Glass Bowl since 2010, you know. And I, I, the most amazing stat to me is – you know, I, I think Bulls fans are getting spoiled now by all these road wins. You know, it's like, you know, we've won now five games in a row, five road games in a row, four MAC road games in a row. The Bulls joined the conference in 1999. You know, the first time they won a MAC road game was seven years later in 2005. <laughs> the last game of 2005. That's, well, that's it took seven crazy. years to win a road game, right. and now we're doing it every week. So it's uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, Bulls are seven and one overall, four and zero in the MAC. First time they're seven and one since 1959. How about? Bulls have won 10 of their last 11 games yeah. going back to last year. It's, it's crazy. It's almost, we're, we're, it, it'll be a full season of 12 games after Tuesday. Right. And if they win that one, it'll be 11, they'll be 11 and 1 over their last 12 games. It's too bad they don't count. They I know. Can't put them together. I know. They, they don't count, count that way. Year. You're right. Stinks, You're right. I want you to take everybody inside what was one of the most amazing. I, I had a chance to sneak into the locker room for the tail end of Lance Leipold's post-game address to the team and and it wasn't so much sneaking in as I walked through the door and that locker room was so small it was right there yeah. in front of me you were there for all of it it was an amazing moment um there just there was a different feel a different vibe after a UB win that I think I've ever felt before because of what we're talking about the significance of what the Bulls were able to do not just winning at Toledo but coming from 10 points down give everybody a sense of what that locker room was like after the game well I'll give you a sense of two different times so you know, halftime when the Bulls are down 17 to 7 and it was not going well, right? But, you know, I think Coach Leipold realized that other than two plays on that we gave big, two big plays we gave up on defense, our defense was really playing well and, and we were really should have been dominating that game, but things just didn't go with turning the ball over, uncharacteristically giving up sacks, things like that. So he wasn't really laying into the guys at halftime. I think he realizes that you know, we have a good team. Just keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to win this game. They turn around, have a completely different second half, and uh, you know, and just play a great second half and come back and win that game. And then the, the jubilation in, in the locker room afterwards was just incredible. You know, it's 
you know, it, road wins are always fun, but to be able to go into a place like that where we've never won before, never really even been close before, it's just, uh, it, it felt great and it was it was neat to be a part of. I thought uh, it was a very interesting uh, tweet from the UB, and I, uh, from the UB strength, football strength staff, and, and I'm sure this may have come from head coach or strength coach Luke Corrala, but they tweeted out over the weekend a shot of the guys working out during the summer, and, and it said, you work out during the summer not for when you're up 10 at half, but when you're down 10 at half. And, you know, and again, what's different about this team that, that I think you and I both feel is there were teams in the past that would have been down 10, even though they were only given up two plays, it would have been hard to, for them to find it in themselves to shake that off, where this team is different. And there have been other things that have happened during the year where you're like, oh, that could be the letdown moment, and that may be the moment that changed the game. Um, those those never seem to happen, and that that just goes towards leadership and sort of a confidence and fortitude of the team. And I thought some of that was on display in that post game locker room as well. Yeah, no question. I, I, this team is so much different than any of our previous teams. You look back at 2013 when we got off to that similar start, where we were I think five and zero in conference play and really playing well. But that team kind of blew teams out, right? So this team is finding different ways to win, and it's and it's you know I, I've never. I've never been. I've never seen a team that they played as bad as, as we did in the first half. Not just fold and and end up losing by thirty because that, that's what we've did in the past. But there's just no panic in this team. They, they I mean, it, it's obviously not a comfortable situation. They don't want to be in that situation. But time and time again throughout the year, you know, when when they fall behind or a team starts creeping back into a game, they just they just know what to do and, and they know how to score and, and and they know how to win games. We're with John Fuller, assistant athletic director for communications, here on this special edition of the. UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. The defense is, I think, the singular reason why the second half went the way that it went. Um, the defense allowing only 65 total yards in the second half, never allowing a, a third down conversion. The Bulls were one of 12, forced one of 12 third down conversions in the game from Toledo. Um, you know, the three and outs, the the constant stops, the field position shifts. Uh, you know, we maybe may we're all guilty of not talking about the defense enough. I think it's time for us to start yeah. start with the defense. Well, not to mention that was against the the Max highest scoring offense. I mean, here's a team that three times had scored over 50 points in a game, once over 60 points in a game. So I think everybody going into that game thought, well, this is going to be a shootout, right? Both teams just, both teams can score a lot, but it ended up being a defensive battle, and the Bulls showed you know, they, they really do have a, a very good defense. I mean, how about this stat? How about the fact that um, you know, over the last two games, a, a, a UB opponent has not even run a play in the red zone? <laughs> Now they did have two long touchdown passes, Toledo or right. long touchdown plays, Toledo right. did, but they have not run a play in the red zone in two straight games. Yeah, I know Akron never got any closer than the 27 yard yeah. line, so it, it's an it's amazing what the defense has been able to do in con- not only controlling plays but tra- taking the ball away. Another four takeaways in this game. You continue to lead the MAC in most turnovers yeah. gained. And, 18 and, on the season, and this was all done without Chuck Harris and Joey Banks, two right. regular starters, including Chuck, who led the MAC in sacks, not even playing in this game. So just just amazing what's happened. All right, the, the brief mention of the offense was Tyree throws for 300 <laughs> yeah. yards. Anthony Johnson uh, comes back and looks like the AJ that he's supposed to look like. Another big game for KJ. Jared Patterson, real quick on what you saw from the offense. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, obviously once they got through that first half, and uh, it, it seemed like the, the old offense we're used to in the second half. I mean, I mean Tyree would settle down, and even his interceptions weren't necessarily his fault, right? Some some tipped passes, one was knocked out of his hand. Um, just having Anthony Johnson. 
Johnson back and healthy is, is just makes this team so much better. You see it, you know, it just, it, and it makes KJ Osborne better. It makes all our receivers better. We're able to move the ball. And obviously when you have to respect your, the, the, the passing game as much as they did, that opens up the running game. And a guy like Jared, uh, Jared Patterson it comes up big and rushes from 100, almost 100 yards and two touchdowns. All right, John's going to come back for another segment. We'll talk a little bit about some of the season rankings and get into a preview of the game against Miami, which comes up a week from Tuesday. More to come on this special edition of the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. This is our special edition from here at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. I'm Paul Peck, joined by UB Assistant Athletic Director for Communications, John Fuller, as we get you ready for a big one coming up a week from Tuesday. The 7-1 Bulls take on the Miami Redhawks at UB Stadium, an 8 o'clock tip-off that you can hopefully be at in person, but of course here, here on ESPN 1520 or C on ESPN2. So as we look at that 7-1 start, 4-0 in the MAC, John. The Bulls remain number one ranked in Mac, in the MAC in defense, number one in fewest yards, number one in fewest points, number two in pass defense, and 11th in the country in pass defense. So all those rankings that started to creep to those top spots against Akron will stay there for another week. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that um, that I've been impressed with is, is the way they've been able to, to create turnovers and, and capitalize on that, right? So Bulls have 18 turnovers on the season, which ranks third in the country, right? They have 11 interceptions. They have seven forced fumbles and recovered fumbles. So, I mean, the defense is, is really, as, as well as they're able to stop the run and stop the pass, they, they've been able to do something which you haven't been in the last couple of years, and that's creating and that's been creating um, uh, creating turnovers. And then uh, that's really, you know, I think they've been the difference this season. Yeah, number one in third downs, as we mentioned, number two in sacks. All the things that a good defense does to change games, the Bulls are doing. On the offensive side, a couple of the individual numbers. Tyree Jackson remains tied for number one in the conference and touchdown passes and his 20 um, I still rank him I think uh, in the top 10 in the country in that uh, KJ Osborne's number three in the Mac in passing yards and re receiving yards uh, even Anthony Johnson even though he hasn't played two and a half games is still eighth in the Mac in passing yards so those guys are producing when they're in there no question about it and, and now this you know now we have everybody back healthy obviously Anthony Johnson was a little banged up and missed a couple games but having him back healthy just just completely changes his offense you know, just really now we're, we have a full arsenal of weaponry there. And, and I think that, you know, that's what that's what puts strains on other teams defenses. Now we can really do what we want to do on offense. Khalil Hodges next tackle will be number 100 on the season. He still remains the Mac leader and still remains amongst the leaders in the country in tackles. Um, and I think that next tackle moves him up another notch on the career list, yep, right? Fifth in school history and career tackles, uh, passing Pete Connolly, who played here in the 90s. Again, in only three less than three years, which is amazing. Obviously, everybody on that top 10 list played here for four years, and he's played in, I believe, 32 games right now. So it's it's it's, it's just amazing what he's done. I mean, every game he's out there getting double-digit tackles. He, he's just he's just an incredible football player, and we're very lucky to have him. So will it be, it'll be three consecutive years of 100 tackles, right? Right, that's did, correct, did yeah. anybody other than Devontae Shannon ever do that here? I don't believe so. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't even think Craig Guest did that because Craig Guest, you know, he had that one year of almost 160 tackles, you mm -hmm. know. So, yeah, other than Devontae Shen, he'd be just the second player to be able to claim to do that. All right, so all that said, and all this really amazing, cool, record-setting stuff that's going on with the Bulls, um, there, I was a little jolted when you think about this game against Miami next Tuesday that even though – all these amazing things are happening. This is a game for first place in the <laughs> yeah. division. And should the Bills, the Bulls not win this game, they'll be a little behind the eight ball in the division, which seems crazy for the way the season has started. But Miami has won their MAC games, and that they're in position to do that. Yep, and it's funny. I mean, 
you look, I mean, you obviously want to win every football game, but it's almost the Miami game is almost bigger than a Toledo game, right? I mean, absolutely. Because uh, the Bulls are now 4 0, but Miami's 3 1, right behind the Bulls, right? So if. If Miami, you know, upsets or beats the Bulls on Saturday or excuse me on Tuesday, all of a sudden, you know, they're both they're both a three or need some help from someone else, one, right? And, right. and all of a sudden, you don't control your own destiny, right? right? So, you know, it's just so important for uh, UB to get this one and just keep the train rolling. The Red Hawks, all three of their wins on the season have come in the MAC play. They're three and five overall. They're three and one in the MAC. They're coming off a wild 31-30 double overtime loss at Army, uh, where they tied the game with 17 seconds left. Field goals in the first overtime. Army scores a touchdown in the second overtime. Um, the Red Hawks score and then go for two. And I don't know if anybody's seen the highlight yet, but they almost made it on a wild, crazy play where their quarterback Gus Reglin is falling down and flings the ball. It's caught, mm-hmm. and the running back gets to the one-yard line. It was. It, it, I'm going to go back and watch it. I'm kind of looking forward to it. It was an amazing game. Yeah, the, you know, Miami's been really good. You know, we look at that team. They, they, you know, they started out. What, 0-3, I think. They were maybe 1-4 and in the conference, really struggling. And, and uh, But they kind of do – they've been doing that in the last couple of years. They start out slow, and then they get hot. You know, they, they lost um, their MAC opener to uh, a very good Western Michigan game mm-hmm. when they had an opportunity to kick – they missed a game-winning field goal that would have won that game. I think they lost, like, maybe 38-36, something like that, high-scoring game. And then they beat, uh, I believe, Akron, uh, Bowling Green, and um, Kent, uh, and Kent State. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean – they're good, right? And I think it's all about, uh, you know, with them, it's all about defense, right? They, they, right. Have, they, have, a, they have a, you know, really good defensive team. Number two team. in the MAC and defense, number, number right two, behind the Bulls. Right behind the Bulls. And I think one, one interesting note I saw is that our last two MAC games, we held Toledo to 17 points and uh, Akron to six points. Their two last MAC games, they held Akron to 17 points and Kent State to six points. So you can tell how similar the defenses are. Yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty good defensive showdown, uh, you know, on Tuesday night at U at UB Stadium. Um, you know. They're a veteran group. They're a senior-laden group. Matter of fact, you talk about slow starts. Two years ago, they were the first team in NCAA history to start 0-6 and, and finish 6-6 six and, six right. and make a bowl. So that does seem to be their habit a little bit. But I don't I don't think they're more talented than the Bulls, but they may be a little more experienced. They may just have a little more of that veteran group. We'll see whether that becomes a factor. In yeah, I mean, it all not. starts with uh, quarterback Gus Ragland for them. He's a, he's a player who I feel like he's been there for 10 years. I mean, we've been talking about Gus Ragland yeah. for, for years, and uh, he's He's just a gritty, gutty player who uh, can make you know make good throws. He can run the ball. He's, he he kind of makes everything go with that team, and he's really good. And the Bulls are going to have to keep an eye on him. Fourteen touchdowns and only three interceptions all year for Gus Raglan, right. coming off a through fifty-three times in the game against Army wow. and and for three hundred twenty-nine yards and four touchdowns. So going to be a, a test of two really good defenses uh, that that know how to score as well. Too Miami scored three points in five straight games, so uh, it, it's going to be a fun one. That's Tuesday night at. UB Stadium, an 8 o'clock kickoff in a huge monster game against the Miami Redhawks. We hope to see you there. Make sure you join us a week from tonight. Lance Leipold will be back from his recruiting trip. He'll join us to preview the game with the Redhawks when we come to you next from Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. John, thanks for the time as always, and we thank you for listening to this special edition of the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. This has been UB Football Insider with Lance Leipold. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation.